With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, I'm tired, buddy. <laughs> I'm tired, and it's time to do something about it. And the reason I say that, you know, a lot of times, Brian, we live beneath what we were created to have and to be and to live. It's time for us to attack life like never before. You know, sometimes when we're going through hard times or going through troubles, we tend to stop. We tend to slow down, and that's not the time to do that. We have to learn to fight back. There's something fighting against us, and we need to turn it up and fight back. At some point, we, you know, we, we get tired of being beaten and settling and not pursuing what and who we were created to be. You ever been there? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you and I are always talking. There are a lot of things that I know I should be doing and a lot of places I know I should be, you know. And it's only because I just, you know, there's this, I don't know what it is. You know, I I think what happens is a lot of times we get so caught up with this thing called life that we don't really begin to live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you follow me on that? Yes, I we do. We get caught up so much in the things we have to do for today and where I have to be, where I have to go, that we don't really live. We sort of just exist. Yes. And it gets harder and harder to try to live when you have to deal with life. Yes. yes. You know, and, and it's not until we realize that that life ain't worth living if you're not living the life, yes. that we finally wake up and we begin to start taking account of the things that we should be doing and the things that we should have and the and the places that we should be, you know, financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, socially. You know, there's so many different levels that we of, of places that we should be excelling for and, you know, and actually getting better. And for the most part, a lot of times we just stay stuck in that same mode. We never move forward, or we begin to move backward. Yeah. But, Brian, you know what? We have somebody on tonight. He's going to break it down for us. And we're taking the breaks off tonight. As men, we're going to talk about things that a lot of men don't talk about. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about those struggles that we have that the wife or the girlfriend or, or, or the mother or your father don't know anything about. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about not having support when you need it from from family and, and, and your loved ones, and you're trying to make it in life, but you, the, the weight is so heavy at times you feel like you want to quit. Right. Brian, right. That, that's going to stop tonight. That's going to stop. At some point you have to get sick and tired of living like that, of living, of living a defeated life. You were not created to live like that. We have victory. The price has been paid a long time ago. But, Brian, for some reason we keep listening to that enemy who we think is telling us the right thing to do. Yes, yes. You know, they, that's what they're doing. And, Brian, I think our guest is on I want to bring him on, but I'm warning everybody right now, if you're not prepared to do better in life, then you need to, this is the wrong show for you to be listening to tonight. This is the wrong show. Because we're going to tell it just like it is tonight. We're going to talk about some things, 
and we're gonna have we're we're gonna fellowship. And Brian, I think this is something that we just we all need to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. Our guest is the none other than the pastor T. D. White, who is the pastor and founder of the Rock International Ministries located in Jackson, Missouri. And he's also the author of Let Me Break It Down, Gospel Truths in Simple Terms. That's available now at Amazon.com and BN.com. And Pastor White, are you there? Amen. I am here. Glad to be here. It's just awesome feeling to be, um, you know, one of God's children, first of all, you know. But then again, we have to be honored that God has called us to be his servant. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, Pastor White. You know what? I I I I, I, t- I even warned Pastor White, Brian. <laughs> I told him. I said, "Hey, tonight is going to be different. It, it, it's going to be different because you know what? I talk with so many people, and so many people tell me all the time, oh, I went through this, and it, I'm bitter because of it, and uh, I, I went through a divorce, and.'" I, I, I'm not going to ever trust another woman, and I'm not, no, 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 wait a minute. I tell them, no, 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 wait a minute. You're wrong about that. You would not create, okay, that didn't work. That woman didn't work or that man didn't work. That's okay. Keep going. Life goes on. It goes on. You cannot stop. And, and, and Pastor, Pastor White, what would you tell someone that's going through hard times, maybe about to lose their home or they're about to lose their jobs, and how do you, how can we help them to keep the joy that was given to us? Amen. You know, that's interesting that that's the question you asked me because I just come out of a Bible study, and I, I had a gentleman come into church tonight whom I met on one other occasion, and um, this gentleman came to me, and he was excited about how God had given him this new job, you know, and and uh, he had moved, left his home in Tennessee and moved to Missouri, you know, for this job. And I got a, a message from him earlier this evening, and he was so discouraged. He was down and out. He told me, he said, Pastor, I lost my job today. You know, and here it is a month after he felt like God giving him a job and moved to Missouri from Tennessee. And now tonight he finds himself out of a job. He said, I believe I'm going to come to the service tonight. You know, um, I'm just not feeling down. I, I could tell what he, I could tell what it, the way he was talking. He was down and he was um, he's wanting some prayer. He wanted to be reached out to. So when he came into church tonight, ordinarily on our Wednesday night service, we just go through a few prayers and worship songs and we get into our Bible study. We just finished a powerful series. But, but tonight I felt like God was telling me, Stop what you're doing right now and lay hands on this young man. You know, and so I'm that type of servant. I'm obedient. I stopped the praise and worship. I said, give me something softer. You know, and I went to pray for this man, but the message that God gave me to give to him is the same message that I would give to these people that you just asked me to give a message to. The same message I gave him was I said, God's going to bless you with another job. I said, God's going to take care of that. That's no problem for God. I said, but but, but the your end of the bargain is, is the end that needs to be paid attention to because God has no problem doing his part. But will you do your part? I said, when God gives you a job, will you be obedient? When he gives you a job, will you pay tithes? If God gives you a job, will you not turn your back on God now because you have a paycheck coming? A lot of times when we are down on our last leg and we're facing foreclosure, we're facing repossession, uh, we lost our job, when we're in that state, it's easy to run to the church and to believe God and to begin to read your Bible and go to fasting and praying. But where's all that when things are going well? I hope I'm not on the subject here, but this is what God's given me. You know, where's all that when things are going well? You know, so if you listen tonight, and you're looking for a magic answer. The magic answer is to give God praise even when things are going well. Continue to praise him and glorify him when things are good because we've learned how to put God on and take him off like a jacket. And when it's sunny outside, we put him on a shelf. 
But God is calling to be more than that in our lives. God does not want to be just there when you need him the most, but you need God all the time. And so God wants to be appreciated full time. You know, I put it like this when I preach at my church. I tell them all the time, I said, I said God's not, not looking for a part-time lover. You don't want a part-time lover in your house, neither does he in his house. I would be pretty upset if my wife loved me one part of the week and loving somebody else the other part of the week. You know, that, that would bother me. I couldn't handle that. And so why, why, would, why do we expect God to okay with us loving him part of the week, you know, and serving and loving the enemy, you know, every day but Sunday? You know, so that's my, I mean, it might not be what you're expecting, but my, my word is to, is to always acknowledge him. You know, acknowledge him when it's bad, acknowledge him when it's good, because he's always the answer. Yeah. He's always the Absolutely. answer. Absolutely. You know, Pastor White, I want to ask this question because I was presented with this issue, and I'm actually presented with it quite a, quite often. You know, I, Greg and I used to coach football, and we had a style of coaching that was more nurturing than anything else. I mean, we taught the kids more about life lessons than we did about football, but we used those life lessons to teach them a game of football. And, you know, now I'm presented with a situation where I see a group, because I'm not coaching anymore, but I still see myself in that coaching mode when I see youth. And, you know, I was uh, my son plays football, and there was a couple kids from the neighborhood across the street from mine, and it's the projects, and these kids walk to football practice every day, and I saw them as I was leaving the house, they needed a ride to the game, you know, because their parents didn't have transportation. And so they jumped in the car with me. I took them to the game, and what I noticed is that, well, actually, as I was, you know, asking them questions, because the game got rained out, we didn't play, and so I had to take them back home, and I was asking them, well, where do you live? You know, is it this way? Is it that way? And, you know, as I'm asking them the questions, all I got was a uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, yep. You know, is it just me and just my, you know, just my stubbornness to have kids uh, show a level of respect? Or is it something that, that that's sort of almost getting to, like, pandemic proportions? Because, you know, it's not just in the – and, you know, football players coming out of the projects. But it's a lot of times these children that are in school or these children that are actually in my church where when you ask them a question or you or you make a statement to them and they have to respond, their response is never yes, sir, yes, ma'am. It's always uh-huh, yep, what. When they, you know, you ask them something, they say what, mm-hmm. you know. Am I just reaching too far in to try to, you know, bring morals out of them, or is it just something that is has become has gone on so long, you know? And I kind of went on and on, but I guess that's my question. You know, what do you see the youth of today as far as, you know, the respect levels that they have? Well, I mean, what I see is a you're right on, right there. I mean, no, you're not reaching too far. You're right on because a lot of our youth today don't have the respect they used to have. And I credit that to the fact that our parents are not like our parents used to be. Uh, the, the parents who are parenting kids now, a lot of them, you know, were rebels when they were kids. You know, and so they, they feel like they don't want to impose too many rules on their child because they don't want to put them in the feeling that they were having, you know, when they were growing up. But it's not about putting your child under, you know, under a strict regulation. It's about imposing the regulations you have or enforcing the ones you have. I can't tell you how to raise your child because I raised mine this way. But I can tell you that the Bible speaks about an obedient child or disobedient child, you know, his days are shortened. Now, whatever your rules are, you need to teach your child to abide by them. But what's happening is there's parents who will give rules in their house, but when the child doesn't obey the rules, there's no consequences. And because there's no consequences, you got you got some... Um, some wild kids out there, wild ones, you know, that don't respect anybody because why would they go and respect you, Brian, if they don't respect their daddy? Right. If, if, they, can't respect, if, they, if they can't get respect to their father, you know, in their eyes, you know, who are you? And that's the problem. I, I, I always take it back to the parents. 
you know, because there's certain things. I've, I've got a 14-year-old daughter and a um, seven-year-old daughter. Both of them soon to be turning next age. My daughter will be 15 years old, but here in another three weeks or so. But but there's certain things you cannot pay her to say to an adult. But yet, I can run out here and find some other kids her age that talk to adults, you know, like they're the same age they are. And the reason why you can't make her say some of those things is because she's been trained how to respect adults, whether it's your mama or daddy or whoever it is. You know, that, that's been put in her. And so this, I, I just believe, Brian, that, um, that we're going through, you know, a period of time right now that if we don't start reaching out to our children, you know, and, um, and really enforcing the rules that we have, I'm not telling you to go enforce the rules of, of your neighbor on, on, on your kids, the people are listening out there, but, but the rules you have. Enforce those because any rules better than no rules. And right now, I mean, see, I, I substitute teach um, in the public school district. That's what I do. Um, I volunteer coach. I coach junior high football. I'm just something to give back to the community, you know. And um, and right now, I know exactly what you're talking about because I have some kids that will yes, sir, no, sir. And I have some kids that, just like you said, nope, yep, nope. And it's not because they are so rude all the time. Somehow they don't trust me. They haven't they haven't been trained. You know the um, you know the the part of them that you want to tap into has not been tapped into. And it's a sad thing that as coaches we have to stop, you know, in junior high level, and try to teach this guy how to be, you know, young men. And that's part of our job is developing them for the next level for high school. You know, as athletes. But I'm like you, Brian and Greg. Um, I want to develop them, you know, for the next level in life. Right. You know what? You know, because – go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say because when I came through high school, I had a coach that was that way. Even when I got – I played ball in college. When I, when I was um, a college athlete, we were some of the most disciplined athletes, you know, you can have because we couldn't curse in front of a woman. You know, you can – Customer on your top all you wanted to, and whatever. But for one walk in the room, your attitude changed. So it's just a, it's a matter of putting respect and you know some, you know some good teaching into, into the the boys. Yeah. But go ahead, Greg. Well, what I was going to say is, Brian and I we we do a lot of speaking uh, detention centers and places like that, and local jails and places, and. I hear a lot of these kids saying things that they don't believe. They're just saying what they've heard in the past. If they grew up in a household where the father went to prison or went to jail and he comes home and he says some things, oh, jail is not this and prison is not this, these kids are hearing this. Mm-hmm. They're seeing this lifestyle. And believe it or not, they want to be just like that person, whether it's good or bad. But it seems like the bad is being glorified. It is. And what I mean by that is you could have someone coming out of jail and out of prison, and the family will give a big barbecue. They'll have a big celebration. But when you have that child that went off to school and did right, and that child is coming home from college, where's the celebration? Mm-hmm. Why is it so different? Why do we glorify bad things? And, and another thing before you, before I want you to um, take over, when men are in relationships and they've never been taught how to love, you can't get married and all of a sudden say, now I'm going to show you love or I'm going to show or, or I'm going to be this way, I'm going to be that way. Love is love. And a mm-hmm. lot of us don't know how to love, and we don't know how to receive love. And I think that's where a lot of marriages are breaking down. And it sounds crazy. People, some women may say, how in the world can you not know how to love? How do you not know how to do that? Well, if that person has never been shown love, they can't give it. Right. Yeah, and, and and as a pastor, I know you deal with counsel a lot of people, and mm-hmm. but I really want to touch on the men, the men, and how 
uh, we're misunderstood because the, everybody thinks we have all the answers and we're this strong, strong person all the time, and we're the ones that's supposed to carry the load all the time. But I want people to realize that as a man, you get tired. You get weak. Right. There's a lot that you need. And when anytime, anytime something goes wrong in a family or in a household, it's the man that they're looking to. And he may not be the problem. So, you know, tell us about what you think about what I've just said about the man being tired and, you know, and that type of thing. And some of the things that we need, uh, we need to be fed. We need, we need uh, fellowship. We need someone to come in and say, I understand what you're going through instead of just being beaten over the head all the time. Amen. You know, going back to the first part of what you said about um, how you all go in and talk with young men and, and the things you hear them saying, and um, a lot of times you know what they're saying is not really coming from them. Right. You, you know what they're saying is something that they've rehearsed, something they've heard. And um, I've dealt with that also because last year I taught a lot. I actually taught a permanent spot last year in the alternative school. And so God blessed me to be able to sit with 18 kids with about 14 or more boys every day. And God really blessed me in that because I was able to impart into their lives daily and as a matter of fact, you know, let's say if you could save one, you know, out of that bunch, you've done something. But one of those 18 kids, I got in his in his mind, his heart enough. He got himself together grade wise. He's um, back in the public regular public school now. He's my best player on the junior football team. I got to say that mm-hmm. he's my my best player offensively and defensively because he wanted to play so bad. He did what I asked him to do. You know, but there's some other kids who could be contributing on the field also, but they're not because of the very thing that we're speaking of. I had one kid in particular, uh, big in stature, you know, and one thing about being big in stature, it makes you feel like you've got to be big also vocally, you know. And so this kid feels like he's got to be tough. And a lot of times uh, people are mistaken because of the very the other thing you say. You said sometimes people believe that man should have all answers, that the man should be, you know, the the one who, who holds all the load. And so this is what causes a lot of young men to to pick up those those uh, those, those false beliefs, things they don't really believe, but they want to make themselves believe them. They want to make you think they believe them because it makes them appear to be tougher. It makes them appear to be as if they can carry out all that load when they really don't have to. They've never been trained that they don't have to carry the load. We never trained our, our, our young men that they can cry. See, it's been told for years to a, to a young boy, don't cry, you look like a little girl, don't cry. No, boys cry too. Grown men cry. And so if you're a man out there tonight and you've been hurting inside and you don't know why you feel the way you feel, you haven't released anything, you haven't released any of this grief that's inside of you. It's okay to cry. It's okay to release some tears because we hurt too. One thing about being married, some marriages end in divorce court because the man is so proud that he won't cry. He's so proud that he won't break down and say, okay, I made mistakes. He's so proud that he won't break down and say that, you know what, this could have been better, but because I didn't do this or because I didn't do that part. You know, men are not perfect. God has made us a stronger vessel, true enough, but he did make us invincible. You know, if truth be told, a lot of times the Bible speaks of, you know, um, you know, that virtuous woman. If you look up the word mother in in, in the Hebrew and really search it out, you will see that that one of the um, the um, adjectives of mother is sticky. Sticky because the mother is the one that really holds the family together anyway. If you, if you don't have a sticky mother in a family, that family's in, in a disarray. And so if you ain't got a true mother there, that's where the disarray comes. The father's the covering for the mother. So you got to have, have a father there too, but you need to get a good mother in the house. So what I'm trying to say is it's not all on the father. But many times that's the way we teach it. That's the way we learn it. And so these men who were, were boys untrained, now they're men untrained, and now they're men confused, and now they're men headed to divorce court, and now they're men who mistreating their children because they think their children ought to be, they think their young boys ought to be men. You can't force a 10-year-old to be a man. Let that boy cry. 
I mean, I ain't saying let, let him, you know, walk around and be a little softy, but if he's hurting, he has the right to cry. A lot of people are hurting right now, Greg. They're walking around here, you know, and they're confused. They're hurting other people. Why? Because they haven't dealt with their own problems. And part of dealing with situations sometimes is crying. It's relieving some mess inside of you. You can't get better until you get some mess out of you. If you walk around here with pneumonia and cold, you can't get better until you get some cold out of you. That mess in your body is continuing to mess with your immune system until you get it out of your system. And so you drink hot tea, you sweat, you, you spit uh, loogies, whatever you got to do to get it out of your body, whatever it takes. The same way with this other mess. When you got hurt and pain in you, it's got to come out one way or another. Either it's going to come out in tears and counseling or it's going to come out by you, by you thrashing somebody else. That's right. Mm -hmm. It'll come out one way or the other. You know, I I was reminded uh, earlier, we were on our way home from being rained out from the game. We were listening to the radio. And ironically, there was a, uh, you know how they have people call in and request songs. And there was a little girl on the radio, you know. And we were like, wow, this little girl, she can you can barely understand what she's talking about. You know, she's on there. She's like, I want to hear my song. And you can hear the little, uh, you can hear the, the DJ saying, "Who? Want, how old are you? Who put you on the phone? She's like, I want to hear my song. And so the DJ says, well, what's your song? And she says, she got a donk. You know, that's one of the little rap songs where they talk about, you know, women that have big rear ends. They call it a donk. Mm -hmm. So she says, I want to hear my song. She got a donk. And so the DJ, of course, is cracking up laughing. He was like, you don't even know about You don't even know what a donk is. She says, yes, I do, because I have one. Mm. And r right at that moment, I knew that that was something that an adult taught this little, had to be three, four-year-old. Yeah. They taught this. And so, you know, another part of this is learn behaviors. You know, That's right. our men are learning from men that, you know, that are most of the times their peers or their fathers that really haven't grown up yet. That's right. You know, you got a, you got a father at age 17, 16, some 15, 14, and when they're 28 years old, their son is 14, they're hanging out together at the club, you know, or they're 20 and their father's 35, you know, and they're at the same club hanging out. Mm -hmm. You know, or the smoking with the sons. You know, that was something that I remember I had a friend of mine. You know, he's much older than me, but he used to smoke out with his son. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, are you serious? You're you going to smoke marijuana with your son. And he's like, well, I bet I, I'd rather him do it in the house with me than out there in the streets. That's just like, <laughs> You know, and so it's learned behaviors, and it's sad because for the most part, you know, and I've gotten this a lot, when you see responsible men, when you see strong men, when you see men that are, you know, regarded as being quality role models, you know, and I use that term very strongly when I say quality role models. You know, I don't consider every athlete to be a role model. That's right. You know, so I'm looking at men of quality. Men of substance, those are the type of role models, men that, you know, that you can go to and you know you can confide in that person and you won't hear your business out in the street. See, those are the type of men that I consider as being role models. You know, why is it that when you have a man that's like that, most people tend to look the other way and want you to, oh, Michael Jordan, that's a good role model. They never talk about, you know, Deacon Jennings, you know, or – or Brother Johnson as being that quality role model that I want my son or my daughter to look up to, you know, the, the type of man that I want my son to aspire to be like, or the type of woman, uh, type of man that I want my daughter to look for, you know, when she goes to look for a husband. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of these parents out there are single parents, and they don't have anybody to, to match and model, you know, after or to have their children look up to. And those are the people that I want you to speak to on that issue. Amen. Brian, I, 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 I credit, you know, people's behavior 
you know, to values. What do you value? You know, if somebody would rather their son to be like Michael Jordan rather than be like, you know, um, you say Brother Johnson, um, you know, I, I know Avery Johnson was one of the Christian players, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, even though this parent should be saved or, or may be saved, but in that breath, when they say what they say, you got to ask them, what are you valuing? I mean, do you value athletic ability above, you know, spiritual, you know, growth? You know, and I guess they probably do. But they're not thinking about that. Folks don't stop and think about what they're saying a lot of times. See, you got to understand, people are carnal first. Even though the Bible says, you know, that we're spirit first, people, a lot of times, they react, you know, with, to the flesh before they react to the spirit. You know, so that's why I tell folks all the time, you know, don't be, you know, so 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 silly that you believe because you're saved now that you're not going to fall into a trap because that flesh, that, that man will rise up, that old man will rise up before you know it and cause you to find yourself in a mess that you should never have been in because you come out, but I, I'm saved, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, you know, but, but, you, but that's not your first priority, though. Your first priority ought to be spirit, but a lot of times it isn't. You know, and so that's what causes us to, to value those other role models opposed to, you said, quality role models. And, you know, as I look at that, you know, I say, well, I guess they're all role models in, in a way because what role are you going to play? It's a role, but the key word is what you said earlier, quality role models. Because there's definitely a role. I mean, uh, Dennis Rodman was a role model for somebody. Somebody wanted to be an idiot. Wow. <laughs> well said. I mean, somebody wants to wear a dress and lipstick, you know, and uh, pierce, you know, everything on their body. I mean, somebody, somebody, somebody mocked his character. And so for that person, he was a role model. But I go back and I say, again, what role do you want to follow? What role do you want to play in life? You know, and um, I just want to, you know, speak to the, you know, our parents tonight because it's in, the ball's in your court now. I mean, you you came up a rough life, you know, but now you 28, 29, 35, 40, 45, whatever you are now. If you're raising children or if you are, you know, 45, 50 years old, and you're helping your child raise their, their, their child, maybe helping raise your grandchildren, you may have missed out on your child, but you can impart it to your grandchild, whatever the case might be. I encourage you to look spiritually first, and I know that sounds so corny for some folks. I mean, people have made this thing, you know, they, they, they've made spirituality, Greg. They, they've made it second, you know, now to everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, right now with what we're looking at in, in the economy, folks ain't talking about salvation. They ain't talking about going to church and paying their tithe. They talk about how they can save their money, you know. And but I want to be the first to tell you, you know, that spiritual first is what helps us get through the other mess. The Bible says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, you know, and then He's going to add all these other things unto us. So if you want your child to be, you know, an athlete like Michael Jordan, seek God first. If you want to have Michael Jordan's bank account, seek God first. You know, and you know, and when we get Christians who, you know, who who make it, you know, big and and have that kind of bank account, they need to be exploited. You know, they they need to really, you know, be witnessing. You know, and I know we've had, you know, Avery Johnson, we've had Kurt Warner, we've had people, you know, who will give his money, but a lot of times, you know, they're giving them in settings where there's all Christians there. Now we need we need to speak this thing you know, on on the front line. We need to speak it, you know, from, from, from ESPN, you know, where where it ain't just Christians, you know, hearing. It, it's always inspiring to go to a youth rally for Christians, you know, and have some athletes there, you know, testifying because all these kids who were there are going to hear that. But what about the, the hundreds of kids who would not come to that event? Mm-hmm. That's true. Or couldn't afford to. Or, or could not afford to. That's right. You know what? I, I want to talk to the people out there that are hurting. Somebody somewhere received that dreadful phone call today that 
their child is never coming home or that husband uh, will never see his family again because something happened and they probably lost their life. Trust me, somebody somewhere is hurting. And and I want to talk about when people are hurting. And and it, it is funny that when a person is hurting, it's not funny, but I'm just saying, uh, when a person is hurting, you know, we can listen to these so-called role models and do things that they tell us to do, but it's totally different when we're in that valley and we're hurting. We don't want to be like Michael Jordan then. We're looking for Deacon Johnson. We're very careful that who we allow to speak in our lives when we're in pain. When we're in pain, they don't want anything to do with money. They don't want a doctor. All they want is somebody that knows somebody that's going to help them get out of that pain. They, they, they're very careful with who they allow to speak over their life. They won't just open up to anybody. So that's a clue to a lot of people if you have friends and no one will come to you with their problems and their hurts something's wrong. Mm-hmm. That means they don't trust you enough to tell you what's wrong with them. They want help. People want help right now. They don't want to wait later. They want help right now. And when they're in that situation, like this young man came to you tonight, he was hurting. Yeah. He probably didn't have anybody else that he could really trust that they could go to. And the reason that he came to you is because what they do is they look at your life. They look at the life that you're living. They base it on that. And they, and they know if you're living right, if you're not living right, they're not going to go to Joe Blow on the street and say, listen, I'm hurting, I'm going through this, because they know that that person probably couldn't help them. They're going to go to the ones that they feel deep down that they can, that you can help them. And it's a beautiful thing that when somebody comes to you and say, I, I, I can't take no more, I, I, I can't handle this or I can't handle that, and you know as this person is talking, somebody else is speaking through you and telling you what to tell that person. Mm-hmm. And, Pastor, I know you've been there. Absolutely. You know, and as I started to show off, you know, tonight I said, um, you know, it's one thing to – know that you're a child of God, but it's an awesome feeling to know that God has chosen you to be a servant. See, when God has called you and I to speak into the lives of the hurting, it's not anything that we've done to deserve it, but it starts, first of all, with with a humble spirit to even accept it. And to that person that may be hurting tonight, you know, because of the humility that we have to show in order to serve God and serve his people. You know, because of that humility, you know, I'm not looking at you tonight because of what you've gone through. I don't care what has happened that caused you to get to this point. But all I know is that you're standing in front of me and you're hurting. And I want to encourage you to know that God is just who he said he is. See, there's so many things out there right now, teachings and and books and people that want to tell you that God is not who he said he is. They want to convince you that there's another way to get to heaven other than through the, other than through the Father. But Jesus said only through him, you know, shall you get to the Father. You know, and so if you're not saved tonight, I encourage you to receive Christ tonight because that's the first start. And like you said earlier, Brian, when people are hurting, they're looking to do whatever it takes. And so sometimes God allow us to get to a point where we're broken. You're wondering why it had to be your child or why it had to be your father, why it had to be your mother. Sometimes we lose family members and get our attention. I'm not saying God's around here killing your, your loved ones, but but sometimes God will allow certain things to take place because he knows it will get your attention. You know, God loves you so much that he will allow you to lose something dear to you in order to save your life. And tonight, we want to offer salvation tonight. I, I don't know if you're ready for this part of the program yet or not, Brian, but this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling God tonight wanting to offer somebody life. 
even you're hurting, you feel like you want to die, but God's saying live. You know, live and not die. And so you can receive Christ tonight right here, you know, on the Abundance Solutions Hour. You know, I, the, I like the name because it doesn't matter what's going on with you tonight. God is full of solutions. You know, he, he's full of abundant solutions because he said that whatever you can ask for, that he, he, he's going to give you exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask for. But tonight is salvation. You might not have asked for salvation tonight, but that's, that's abundantly and above anything else you can ask for. So God wants to give you it tonight. And so if you listen to this show tonight or whenever you play in this archive and you have not received Christ, do it today. You know, if you, and if you want to, me to lead you through a prayer, just repeat after me as I say this. Father, I thank you for another chance. I've lived my life for me, and now I choose to live my life for you. Father, forgive me for my sins. Father, make me whole. And God, I thank you right now that I'm saved by your mercy and by your grace. And if you said that prayer with me tonight, it doesn't matter if you just left the bar, wherever you just left from, God is big enough to do just what he said he would do. He said, if you would seek ye first the kingdom of God, that he will give you all those other things unto you. Salvation is the first thing you need to receive. Many of us go along hurting, Brian, because we are in a spot and we don't know where to turn to because we don't have God in our lives. Mm-hmm. If you really had God in your life where you needed him, man, you wouldn't be so lost when you, when you face those problems, the death, you know, unsudden, you know, sudden deaths in the family, sudden deaths, you know, among you, or, or loss of a job. You know, I had to ask the brother tonight earlier, and I had to tell him, you know, first of all, I said, um, he claims that he has salvation. I said, okay, you got salvation, that's good. But God has required a deeper commitment. So if you listen tonight, you say, well, Pastor, I'm already saved. Well, glory to God. God wants a deeper commitment from you tonight, that, that you would make him first in your life. Because you can be saved. You know, you receive salvation, but you're still not doing all you can do. You're still not living up to what God has called you to live up to. And God doesn't want to be perfect, but he wants to strive to be holy. He wants to strive to, 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 to be more like him. That's why we call ourselves Christians. The base word of Christians is Christ. Why we say we're Christians? Because we say we like Christ. Well, if you're really going to carry that name around, you know, say you're a Christian, let's, let's, let's do something different tonight. Let's begin to walk and talk, you know, and be perceived, you know, as if we were a child of God. I'm sorry, Ralph, on that long rampage. No, sir. There, but... No, sir. No, sir. No, no you fine. But you know what? I, I want to speak on uh, on what you just said at the end. When you hear people talk about, uh, you know, oh, I'm a Christian, or oh, I'm this, I'm that, and yet you don't really see it, you know, do you think that that, you think that kind of hurts the credibility Absolutely. Of, of people who, because, you know, I don't go around telling people I'm a Christian. I just, I mean, as a rule, I just don't, you know. Yeah. I, and you I, don't have you, you don't have to when you live as a Christian, Brian. Right. You know, but you when you live as a Christian, never you, you tell anybody anything. You know, you you tend to figure it out. Like, like I, I'll give you an example. When I'm at church, I have this uncanny ability of just affecting and infecting the lives of children. It's a gift. You know, because I'm just a big kid myself, you know, but all the kids at church, they love me, and I love them. And and every time I see a new kid, they already know who I am, and I'm like, what's your name? Who are you? And I couldn't I couldn't name ten kids at church, and there's like literally two, three hundred, <laughs> you know, mm. but it's like I know all of them, but I don't know everybody's name, but they all know my name. Wow. See? And the thing is, that's the type of life, when you know you're living a good life, that's the type of life that it, that you don't have to say, oh, that's, you know, Mr. Brian or that's Mr. Greg. You know, you don't have to say, oh, Mr. Brian, he does this, Mr. Greg does that. The kids will talk amongst themselves and tell you. They'll spread the word better than you will. And consequently, at the same time, if you're no good and no better, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. – 
You're what I like I like to call the thuggish, ruggish type. And these kids see you. They know right away who you are, what you are, how you are, and they like to know where you are because that's something that feeds their flesh. You know, and that's the thing that gets me. Why do people... I mean, you would think that they had enough sense to know this is not something you want to say or do in front of a kid, you know. And, I mean, you go out there and you watch, like if you if you ever flipping through the channels and you watch the videos, sometimes they have these little old children on there doing the little uh, she got a dog dance, you know. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Why would you subject that child to something like that, you know, She's three years old, she's four years old, whatever. You telling everybody she got a donk, she believes it. Now she's, you know, booty shaking at three or four years old. And then when she grows up and that's what she, and she wants to be a stripper, now you're all, oh, my God, my baby wants to be a stripper. When you introduce it into their lives. That's right. You, you, you impart it into the spirit. That's right. You know, and, um, you know, like I said earlier, People don't think spiritually first. You know, where are your values? I mean, right now, I mean, when, they, when they're doing a stupid act like that, all they think of, oh, it's cute. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Not knowing they're trained maybe to be a hoe. They don't They don't understand that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty I hope I ain't too blunt for y'all. But I, I just say. You right on point. I just, I just say, I, I feel like it is because. When folks are able to understand where you're coming from, they'll, they'll learn how to receive you. And so I, I, I don't beat around bushes. I just say what what is being said. And that's what you train the baby to be. You train the baby to to be something that you're going to be upset later in life because she is. You know, that's how the devil does you. The devil will, will talk you into a mess, and then when you get there, he makes fun of you. Look at you. You, 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 ain't, you ain't this and you ain't that, you know, and, and, and God ain't <laughs> yeah, they, they, they talk you into a mess, and then make fun of you because you're there. And you won't say, well, you the one told me to come over here. But it don't matter because that's the devil's job. That's right. That's right. Pastor, you know what? I I, I want to talk about that powerful, powerful, powerful tool that we have that a lot of times we don't use it because it makes us come across to society as being soft. That forgiveness, that is the most powerful tool next to love. And the reason I say uh, forgiveness is, you know, you hear you hear when you were growing up, you used to hear all the time the old people say, bless your enemies, pray for your enemies, do this and that. And you're thinking, what in the world I'm going to pray for somebody that's trying to hurt me? Mm-hmm. And it brings me back to, Father, they do not understand. And it's like a lot of people are always asking a question. Why do people treat me like this? Why do people mistreat me? And I've, and I've learned, and, and I'm not telling you, and Brian, in the audience, what I've heard. I'm telling you what I've experienced and what I know. Mm-hmm. And that is when I'm attacked, when somebody comes at me, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I pray for them because they don't have a clue of who they're messing with. That's right. Once you know who you are and once you know that you're walking in your destiny, people will always come against you and try to tear it down. But it scares me when people come at me, not because I'm afraid of what they're going to do for me. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to them because they don't know who I am. That's right. That's good because that's something that I learned early in you know, my Christian walk, you know, is the Bible says, do my prophet no harm. When it says my prophet, you know, any child of God that, you know, belongs to him, if you're going to, you know, go and try to do somebody wrong, don't, 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 don't do the man of God wrong. I mean, don't talk against the man of God. Don't cheat him out of his money because God ain't pleased with that, you know, and you have to respond to it. 
well, one way or another. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, either here in life something will come up, you know, and it's gonna cause you to respond, you know, or you're gonna respond on Judgment Day because God's gonna question you about it and you're gonna pay for it. Yeah. It's just it's a dangerous place to be. Yes, and and what I had to learn was I had to learn that. I had to learn that it's not you that they're attacking anyway. Uh-huh. It's that light or is that something within you that they're actually going against. Because they, they, they see your value. A lot of times people can see your value. Mm-hmm. They may not understand it. And a lot of times, Brian, you know, Brian and I, we talk all the time, anything some people don't understand, they try to destroy. Uh-huh. They'll try to destroy it. So, and and you you also said something too that that was so important. Brian said he doesn't go around telling people that he's a Christian. And your comment, you know, to that was was perfect because it's so true. You don't have to say anything. People right. see it. You right. can walk in a, you can walk in a room full of people and you've never seen these people before. It's something about you that will make them change their conversation when you walk in. If you walk in 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 integrity, and you're walking in knowing who you are in, in Christ, something in there will change. It will change. Absolutely. Let, let me touch real quickly on what you just finished talking about. You just mentioned the fact that, um, you know, how we were taught early to treat our enemies, you know, well. You know, Proverbs 25, 21, verse 21 through 23 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Verse 22 says, In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. You know, as a north wind brings rain, to a sly tongue brings angry looks. Now, what this scripture is saying, you know, first of all, if you can't stand me, but yet I'm still blessing you, oh, that's, that's going to burn you up even more. <laughs> it's going it's, it's to burn you up even more. Because you can't stand me, but yet I'm blessing you. You, are, you And you, now you're confused. Now you're wondering, how is he still being nice to me and I'm trying to kill him? You know, I just put... Four flat tires on his truck. How is he still blessing me? <laughs> you know, it takes a true man or woman of God to live this word. But the word of God does not lie. It's true, and it's been proven. If you will be faithful to your word, you know, and bless your enemy, you know, God, God's going to reward you for doing that. But on top of that, I mean, you're getting back at the enemy at the same time. Because <laughs> he can't stand it. He's going to make him even more, even more upset. <laughs> mm, absolutely. You know, but, that's but, but that's Bible. That's powerful. That's powerful. And you know what? A lot of times you may not have done anything wrong for mm-hmm. the attacks. There's a message in that somewhere if we would just stop and listen. Stop complaining and and all of this is going on and we're looking at all the bad things and we're focusing in on that. We need to change how we look at things. We need to change how we perceive things to be because a lot of times that's not how it is. That's not how it is. And for that husband, that, that wife that walked out on her husband, or that husband that walked out on their wife and they're going through divorce right now, right now, forgiveness is the last thing on their mind. Mm-hmm. Praying and asking for forgiveness from this person, that's the last thing on them. The only thing that's on their mind right now is revenge, and that's all you get when you watch television. Get even. Mm-hmm. Do this. Do that. Do this. But there's nobody telling them, pray about it or to do what's right because a lot of times what people yeah a lot of times what people try to do is it, 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 their understanding of it is 
I'm not soft. I'm not going to be soft. I'm not going to take this lying down. And then they say, well, well, I guess I'll pray. No, that's the most powerful thing you could have done from the beginning. Uh-huh. Not running the man and running to this uh, friend and saying, no, no, no. Who did you go to when you were hurting? Why don't you go to him now? Why are you turning the man? That's probably the that's probably the the answer to a lot of the pain and frustrations that we go through. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and like you just finished saying, we have to learn how to, you know, we have to learn where to turn to. You know, and just finishing up, you know, where we were. That's the response God's looking for. God's not looking to see how quick you're going. You know. Um, Get revenge. God won't see how quick are you going to forgive. Because if you can forgive, you've now made yourself eligible for forgiving, for forgiveness. How can we expect God to forgive us for all the things that we've done and continue to do if we can't forgive? And sometimes that's just a, a test we got to go through so we can get to our blessing. Until you forgive the person that has hurt you, maybe God's holding up your other blessing until that part is done. So we want to make sure that we, you know, preach that. You know, I teach that all the time, forgiving. You know, in, in my book, if you look in, I believe, Chapter 7, there's a whole chapter on on a forgiving heart. Because, because the power of forgiveness is just what it says, the power of forgiveness, a lot of power in forgiving. Yes, yes. You know, and uh, we need we need to teach that daily to our children, you know, to our church. And it needs to be, you know, one of the one of the teachings that we do regularly. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and that's a perfect segue. You know, as with all of our guests, we'd like to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your book as well as give out your contact information. And we got about three minutes left in the show, so go ahead ahead and do that. Hey man, um, you can uh, check out the book. Let me break it down. Um, if you haven't gotten the copy yet, you're long overdue. We need to get a copy. You can go to Amazon.com. You can go to BarnesandNoble.com. Look up the book by title. Let me break it down, or search by author Thomas D. White. Um, you can also hit me up on MySpace, uh, www.myspace.com forward slash Pastor T D White or TV Ministries. i got two spots there. You know, but, you know, stop by, drop me an email, you know. Um, but um, I just believe that, that God's doing something mighty in this hour. And um, right now, God's got me on another whole ag- uh, another whole agenda. You know, it's not about me selling any books now. I want you to buy the books so you can be blessed. But um, that's, that's not my primary focus anymore, selling books. My primary focus is to get the Word of God out to as many as I can reach, you know. If you notice the 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 the, um, the motto in my blog talk show, you know, um, it said we minister the word of God to whoever we hear, because I won't get the word out. Now let me give you that link. That is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash TV Ministries, and we do have some exciting things coming up. Um, we've um, next Saturday we'll. We air Saturday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, which is 11.30 a.m. if you're in the Eastern Time Zone, 8.30 a.m. if you're out in California, Arizona, up there in the Pacific. But um, next Saturday morning, 11.30 Eastern, we've got um, James A. Jemison, um, author of a book called Dante's Destiny. Uh, he's got like four books out on destiny. It'll be a powerful show because a lot of folks you know are right now lost because they don't know their destiny. If you will learn what your destiny is, then you can start operating, you know, appropriately to get there. But if you don't know what it is, you're just in a standstill. You know, and the week following that, on October 18th, we'll be hosting uh, David and Tamala Mann, you know, and I want to thank these brothers for that connection. You know, but we got them booked for October 18th. We'll have both of them on the show together. They're doing that show October 18th. But that's about all I want to say. Well, you know, we always appreciate hearing from you, my brother. And, you know, we yeah. love you. We support you. And yeah. thank you for coming on and, you know, just fellowshipping with us and, you know, giving us your perspective and, you know, giving us what God has given you. It's always a blessing. 
Hey, man, and I'm certainly glad to be here. And, and any time, you know, um, we'll get together. You know, it's always a good time, you know, in, in the Lord, and I appreciate that. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, some of our closing thoughts. You know, listeners, you've heard what has been said tonight, and now it's your opportunity to participate in the recultivation of our youth and the revitalization of our spirits, of our minds, of our hearts, of our communities, of our society. You know, it's your turn to take part in that. Will you take the challenge? Will you be up for it? With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Please join us on Monday evening at 9 p.m. as we'll have another entertaining and exciting show. Good evening and God bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.